We'll go ahead and turn to the book of Proverbs tonight. And we are going to begin what will be for us a, a full school year study on the book of, of Proverbs. Um, if you are familiar with Proverbs, you know it has 31 chapters, which means we're not gonna cover a lot of it, but we are gonna focus on some particular themes and portions of it. So why don't we pray and just entrust our time to the Lord and we'll, we'll introduce that tonight. Father, we thank you for, uh, again, the time together this evening. Thank you for each one who's here for their desire to grow in their own personal relationship with you and, and as a, a couple and family. And um, Lord, I, I just pray that our times tonight and in future weeks would be fruitful, that it would be uh, just a, a, a key part of renewing our mind to be conformed to your will. And uh, Lord, particularly in the roles that you have given us as parents and as spouses, might we honor you and um, encourage one another in, uh, in the role that you have given us to that end. We thank you and we entrust ourselves to you in Christ's name, amen. Well, for our, our year this year, we are, as I mentioned, going to be focused on the book of Proverbs. We're going we're gonna to approach it a little bit more topically, so we'll start tonight in Proverbs chapter 1, uh, verse 1, but then uh, in future weeks, we're going to look at some different themes that are particularly pertinent to this season and stage of life as we seek to lay a godly foundation in our families. Um, and as I mentioned, we will typically have our, our lesson right after our mealtime, and then we'll go to uh, some discussion time to discuss those things. Most of the themes that we, uh, we cover, we're going to spend two weeks on looking at some different aspects of what Proverbs has to say about those themes and uh, uh, very excited for our study and the time uh, together to do that. Um, you know, Proverbs is really about wisdom for life. And I think we could all agree that starting a family, particularly that stage of life when you have young children, is a powerful reminder that we lack wisdom and that we have a tremendous need for wisdom. I don't know about you guys, but I think for, for me and for most of us, we would probably say that that stage of life where you have a young child or young children is one of the times that drives you to feel the most desperate of almost any stage of life. You know, we, we think we maybe know hypothetically what it looks like to be a good parent, and then you have a child, and it's like, wow, this is, this is a little different than what I expected. You know, maybe you've, you've read a lot of books and blog posts, and, and you kind of have some idea of what to expect, and then you wake up at two in the morning, and you have to get back up at six in the morning, and you're bleary-eyed, and you're thinking, I don't know what I'm even thinking at this point. You know, God offers the wisdom that we need in himself and in his word, and in particular, the book of Proverbs is a book that is given to us to give us wisdom for the details of life. That doesn't mean that it answers every question that we have. It doesn't tell us, uh, you know, the practical details of raising a baby, you know, which side should they sleep on? Do you rock them to sleep or swing them to sleep or let them cry to sleep or which brand of baby food cultivates the most brain growth or, or when you get to my stage of life, like which orthodontist you should listen to when you find out that your daughter's missing a couple permanent teeth and they have different ideas of what you should do and you don't want to ruin how she looks. You know, it's like, how do we, how do we make those decisions? You know, Proverbs doesn't tell us this is the answer to every specific thing. What it does give us is 
principles of godly wisdom so that we can handle every one of those decisions and details of life in a way that honors the Lord. It doesn't tell us how to think about everything, but it does train us to think with God's wisdom. And we see that in the beginning of the book of, of Proverbs. If you look with me, the first seven verses are really the, the preamble or the introduction to the larger book. And I want us just to draw a few thoughts from that tonight in anticipation of our study. It says this in verse one, the Proverbs of Solomon, the son of David, king of Israel. To know wisdom and instruction, to discern the sayings of understanding, to receive instruction in wise behavior, righteousness, justice, and equity. To give prudence to the naive, to the youth, knowledge, and discretion. A wise man will hear and increase in learning, and a man of understanding will acquire wise counsel to understand a proverb and a figure, the words of the wise and their riddles. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. You know, this preamble introduces what is the, the next seven collections of sayings of wisdom that are found in the book of Proverbs. The majority, as it says in verse one, are Proverbs of Solomon. Words that, that he wrote and that he spoke that give wisdom and, and then some other authors as well. As I mentioned, we're not gonna be able to work our way through the entirety of this book as much as we would love to do that, but we're gonna focus on some key themes. But tonight, I want us to begin by recognizing first off the purpose of Proverbs. Why is this book given to us? Notice it says it's the Proverbs of Solomon. Verse two tells us why, to know wisdom and instruction and to discern the sayings of understanding. Really the theme and the purpose of Proverbs is that first phrase there, to know wisdom. Now the idea of wisdom is mentioned over a hundred times in the book of Proverbs. Uh, it would be an average of over three times a chapter. It speaks of wisdom. It's a, it's a word that could be translated as, as skill or expertise. Uh, one, one author translates as masterful understanding. I think that's a helpful thought to think about. It's used often in more technical senses of a specific skill uh, in something like running government or diplomacy or an artistic skill. It's the idea of someone who is a master of something. You know, I think it's, it's clearly more than head knowledge, it's the application of head knowledge to the details of life. One writer, Bruce Walke, put it this way, and it's a, it's a, a little bit of a mouthful, but, but think about this with me. He said, it's to act on moral, spiritual knowledge out of its internalization. I'll say that again, to act on moral, spiritual knowledge out of its internalization. Meaning, you don't have to really think about it, it's internalized, and it's, it's moral and spiritual knowledge that is fueling how you act and how you respond to things. You know, this is something I'm reminded of every time I, I try to do a home project. I like doing things around uh, our house, and um, 
and I, I enjoy those. It means I do some things for the first time, oftentimes, and you get knowledge. You know, I'm, I'm thankful we live in a day and age with YouTube. I can't imagine uh, trying to do things without that. I guess you actually had to like talk to people who knew how to do stuff, <laughs> which is different. Uh, and uh, thankful that we can do that too. But you can watch a YouTube video and you can say, oh yeah, I know how to do that now. And then you go and you do it and you realize I don't know how to do that very well. Like the, the, the bane of my home project existence is wall texture. Anybody actually good at texturing things? Um, if so, I've got some places you can fix in my house. But I've, I've read how to do it. I know theoretically what it's supposed to do and how it's supposed to work. And yet I am not a master of that skill, but there are people who are who do it without even thinking and who are abiding by the same principles I'm trying to, but they get it and they can live in that way. You know, that is wisdom. It's, it's knowledge that we have internalized and are applying consistently in the, the, the different aspects of our life. You know, to, to have wisdom, we do need knowledge. We need instruction. That's why he says it's to know wisdom and instruction, to discern or to understand the sayings of understanding. You have to have the instruction, the head knowledge, and the understanding of that in order to be wise, but you can't stop there. We have to receive that instruction and apply it in the details of our life. And he goes on and he says, we have to receive it. It's not just about, uh, about having the opportunity to learn it, it's about embracing it, grasping it. You know, as we embark on this study and as you personally spend time in God's word, will you receive his wisdom for living out the details of life in a way that honors him? You know, Proverbs is that for us. It is God's wisdom written out for us. Again, does that mean it answers every question? No. And I think sometimes we can be tempted to say, oh, I just need something more than this. I need more than this wisdom. I, I get that principle, but I want something a little more specific to the details of my life. And God says, no, you actually don't need that. You have the wisdom that you need. If you fulfill these things, you are walking wisely. You know, the beautiful thing is, not only do we have the book of Proverbs, but we have Christ who is wisdom personified. Colossians 2 says that in him are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. So Proverbs, they're the Proverbs of Solomon, but this is Christ's wisdom coming to us through the pages of, of scripture so that we can apply it in our life. And Christ perfectly lived this wisdom in his human earthly life. How does Proverbs give us this wisdom? How do we gain this instruction and this understanding? Secondly, let's think briefly about the nature of Proverbs. We're gonna look at a, a variety of these throughout the year, and I just wanna highlight a couple of things about the nature of this book. Notice um, verse four, he kind of fleshes out the, the purpose of this. He says to give prudence to the naive, to the youth, knowledge and discretion. We'll talk more about this in a moment. Um, but the idea is that hopefully we are already growing in wisdom and now we're able to pass that along to others. But this is for us and for others. But then he gets to verse, uh, verse five, a wise man will hear an increase in learning, a man of understanding will acquire wise counsel. This is to be our response, hearing and increasing. And what is it that we are learning and understanding? Verse six says, to understand 
a proverb and a figure, the words of the wise and their riddles. So in this book, we're gonna find proverbs, we're gonna find figures, words of the wise and their riddles. I don't think those are necessarily four different categories. We're not gonna start every verse that we look at and say, well, is this a riddle or a proverb or a figure? We need to know that. No, it's, it's more, this is the kind of writing that we are going to find in the book of Proverbs. These are are parables or wise sayings. Sometimes they're riddles, things that make us go, huh, not sure exactly how how those things fit together. We're left pondering as we read these. You know, Proverbs has a variety of content. If you've ever read the book through, you probably recognize that the first nine chapters read more like other books that that kind of have a flow to them around a particular theme. Those are still Proverbs. They're they're parables about life and about different subjects. And then towards the the latter part of the book, they get a little more staccato, a a little more of short sayings. There's still a flow to those in some cases but they're more like one-liners that we read and, we, and we're left thinking and pondering about. So it's not that the whole book is filled with the exact same kinds of statements, but they're all similar in their intent and they're all connecting life and helping us to think about how life works and what life is like. In that, we need to recognize that Proverbs are first there, are principles. We can easily mistake our understanding of Proverbs if we think of them as ironclad promises. Think of it this way, this is God's wisdom for how life normally works in the world that God has made. So these are principles for what is normative for life in God's world. There are times where, you know, take a proverb like Proverbs 15.1, a gentle answer turns away wrath. Is it possible that you would give a gentle answer and someone would get more angry at you? It is. God's word has not failed. You don't say, well, that promise didn't come true. God told me this is how that worked. No, but it's a principle for how life normally works. Typically, that's a true statement that a gentle answer turns away wrath. These are also principles as opposed to specific methods. Again, God gives us principles we need to think rightly about life, but he doesn't do all of our thinking for us. These are intended to leave you asking, how does that look in my life? It's intended to foster wisdom. You see, there's a difference between I just mindlessly do the next thing that I think I'm supposed to do, and in wisdom I apply God's word to the details of my life in a way that honors him. Have you ever wondered, why doesn't God give us more detail? Why doesn't he tell us exactly what time I should get up in the morning and what the first thing is that I should do? And if he just told me all those things, I could do them and I would do them. Well, God doesn't do that. He wants our heart and he wants us to embrace his word and apply it in wisdom to our life. These are not specific methods that we apply in every situation of our life mindlessly. You know, you think of a proverb like Proverbs ten nineteen, which says, when there are many words, transgression is unavoidable, but he who restrains his lips is wise. Is that, a, again, a promise that if you don't talk, you'll be wise? No, it's not. 
Is that a specific instruction that applies in every situation? So should you walk out after reading that proverb and say, I should talk as little as possible in every situation? Well, you try that with your, with your wife. Say, well, <laughs> proverb says, I need to restrain my lips, so I'm, I'm just not gonna talk. Well, that's, no, that's not what it's saying. It's not specific instruction that applies in any situation, but it's a wise principle. I mean, there's so much there. We could just camp out on that all, all semester. You know, that when words are many, transgression is unavoidable, but he restrains his lips as wise. We should be careful with our speech. You see, Proverbs are, are principles. They're not ironclad promises. They're not a specific method to be followed in every situation. They're wise principles. And secondly, they are very practical. The function of Proverbs in scripture, one author writes, is to put godliness into working clothes. It's, it's kind of the principles of the law and God's will that are now carried over into the details of how does this look in day-to-day life. Again, they speak to how we should think, but they're primarily focused on how we should live. These are practical principles for life. And, and thirdly, Proverbs are educational. They are intended to be taught. You see this even in the introduction where he says these are to give prudence to the naive and to youth knowledge and discretion. A wise man will hear and increase in learning. These are things that are to be taught that we are to learn and then we are to pass on to others. And it's particularly a tool for fathers and mothers to teach their children. Notice verse eight, the very beginning of of the more formal instruction of the book after the introduction, he says, hear my son, your father's instruction and do not forsake your mother's teaching. He says, this is instruction from a father to a son, from a mother to a child. And this is a phrase that is over and over. Look at chapter two, verse one. It begins, my son. It's that instruction of a father to a son. Chapter three, verse one, my son. Chapter four, verse one, hear, O sons, the instruction of a father. Chapter four, verse 10, hear my son. Chapter four, verse 20, my son, give attention to my words. Chapter five, verse one, my son. We could go on and on. These are intended to be taught. And so our series and our study this year, part of it is we need God's wisdom for the details of our life. We wanna build a foundation for our families on God's wisdom in all kinds of different areas. We're gonna talk about things like friendship and, and wealth and work and, and, and marriage and, and all these different topics that apply to us that we need to listen to and we need to understand foundationally for our sake. But these are not just for us. This is to equip us so that we can have conversations with our kids about all of these kinds of things. You know, some of you may be saying, man, my, my little baby, I'm, I'm probably not gonna talk to them about how we use money yet. But you will, you should. You may not talk to them about friendship, you know, don't, don't be unkind to the other people in the nursery. Uh, but you will. You know, these are the issues of life that not only do we need to understand for ourselves, we need to study them so that we are equipped to communicate them to our, our families, to our children. Well, this introduction not only gives us something of the purpose of Proverbs and the nature of Proverbs, but also, thirdly, the foundation of Proverbs. Notice verse seven. 
He says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. This phrase, fear of the Lord, occurs 19 times in the book of Proverbs. One of them is in chapter nine, verse 10. If you, if you flip over to chapter nine, verse 10, it's similar to what is said here. Chapter nine, verse 10 says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. You see, if you and I want to have wisdom, if we want to benefit from the instruction of this book, Solomon says that starts with having the fear of the Lord. See, this is really inseparable from biblical wisdom, not from life wisdom and certain skills in life, but from living out the details of life in a way that honors the Lord, it is inseparable from having a fear of the Lord. You see this in places like, flip back to Proverbs chapter eight, verse 12. This is wisdom talking in this verse, and it says, I, wisdom, dwell with prudence, and I find knowledge and discretion. Verse 14 says, counsel is mine. This is talking about wisdom. And right in the middle of that, it says the fear of the Lord is to hate evil, pride and arrogance and the evil way and the perverted mouth I hate. It's wisdom talking and it's interchanged, interchange, or it's, uh, it's totally interchanged with that idea of the fear of the Lord. You see, if you fear the Lord, you are positioned to gain wisdom and in fact you are demonstrating wisdom because you fear the Lord. If you do not fear the Lord, you are lacking in wisdom and you will not gain any more wisdom. One author put it this way, he says, what the alphabet is to reading, notes to reading music and numerals to mathematics, the fear of the Lord is to attaining the revealed knowledge in this book. The fear of the Lord is an attitude or an orientation of our heart, which is another theme in Proverbs. Some 46 times the heart is referred to as, as that from which all of our life flows. How we respond in the details of life is a reflection of what is going on in our heart. It's really fascinating that the most practical book, one of the most practical books in the Bible, if not the most practical book, focuses on our hearts. You see, the real source of our problems in the details of life and how we respond in every situation and circumstance is our own heart. We can try to do the right thing, try to live the way we're, we know we should live, but if we do not recognize and understand our heart as the source of the problem, we will see no progress or fruit. And one author said, a person could memorize the book of Proverbs and still lack wisdom if it did not affect his heart, which informs behavior. What is this attitude of our heart, this fear of the Lord that we're to have? You know, I think we, we all have some inherent sense of what we mean when we say fear of the Lord. If you say fear of someone, you know, you may have different ideas come to your mind depending on the context of that word. You may think of abject terror, like I'm afraid of something. You know, maybe you think of, of your kids or yourself when you see a certain kind of animal or something and you, and you are deathly afraid of that. 
Um, you know, it's also the idea, has the idea, or could carry the idea, fear of, of awe and respect. And, and really, I think it has some of both of those woven through, although the gospel helps us to crystallize those ideas in our mind. Richard Mayhew puts it this way, he says, fear of the Lord carries a bittersweet connotation. On the one hand, there is a sweet awe, reverence, and submission to the Lord in whom a true believer delights because of his steadfast love. On the other hand, there is a proper dread and fear of God's response to sin and iniquity. It makes me think of the, the line from the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe when uh, you know, they're, they're asking, is, is Adla, Aslan safe? And, and the answer is no, he's not safe, but he's good. There, there's a rightful fear, like ah, but there's a confidence in the goodness of God. You see, many fear God in one sense. They're afraid of him, they try to ignore him because of the, the fear that they feel or sense. The biblical fear of the Lord that leads to wisdom is the attitude of one who loves God with a reverential awe, recognizing they've been redeemed from his just wrath. You see, it's, a, it's not a fear that pushes us away from the Lord, it's a fear that draws us to him. We, we love him, and yet we have an awe and a reverence for him that motivates our submission to him. Always recognizing, though, that no, God is not, is not safe. We deserve in and of ourselves and our sin to be afraid of God, and yet we don't have to be anymore, but we still have a reverence for him. You know, this has huge implications for us. The, the key to you living in wisdom and me living in wisdom is am I living with that reverential awe of God that drives my submission to him, that embraces, he knows what is right, he knows what is best. Guys, and that has huge implications for our children and how we raise them. No, don't think for a minute that the goal of studying Proverbs is just to get your kids to do some of the things that Proverbs described. Like you may say, man, whatever that proverb was you mentioned about not talking so much, I've got a child who needs that one. And we're gonna talk about that one a lot. And that other one about a gentle answer, we're gonna work on that one too. I mean, there, there's a sense in which, yeah, it's right for us to communicate that wisdom to our kids, but don't divorce it from the fact that we are to do those things because we have a fear of God, a reverence for him that flows out of who he is and what he has done for us. We're not just in the business of trying to get our kids to act right. We want to see them have hearts that genuinely love and reverence God. If we had more time, we could think about what that looks like and the difference that makes, and we'll take some time to do that throughout our year. But if you want your kids to fear the Lord, what's one of your primary goals got to be? Well, that they know him, right? That, that they see him for who he is on the pages of Scripture and that you are modeling that attitude that you are demonstrating this is who God is and how we are called to respond to him. It's interesting though that, that fear of the Lord is not only the foundation and, and really what wisdom is, it's, it's really the end goal. Look over at, at Proverbs chapter two. It's like a cycle, we need to fear the Lord so that we will pursue wisdom and that will result in us fearing the Lord. 
Proverbs 2, verse 1, he says, My son, if you will receive my words and treasure my commandments within you, make your ear attentive to wisdom, incline your heart to understanding. If you cry for discernment, lift your voice for understanding. If you seek her as silver and search for her as for hidden treasures. This is someone who is desperate for God's wisdom, who would rather have that than treasures and silver. If you seek it in that way, then notice, you will discern the fear of the Lord and discover the knowledge of God. See, when we have the fear of the Lord, it drives us to seek his wisdom, to want to know him, and to know what his word reveals about him and about how we should live, and the result is that we discover, we gain more of the fear of the Lord and more of the knowledge of God and we continue in that way. It's the foundation of Proverbs is the fear of the Lord. It's not just memorize a bunch of verses so you can say something that's, that's smart to your kids in different situations. We should do that and we should wanna bring God's word to bear, but it's about our heart first and their heart as we seek to win them to the Lord. One author puts it this way, he says, in submission to his authority and majesty, that is the fear of the Lord, we alone start and continue our education and the diligent search for wisdom as for treasures as we do, or by the diligent search for wisdom as for hid treasures, we shall find our prize in a growing intimacy with the same Lord. He is the beginning, he is also the end for the goal is then you shall understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. So you guys, this is a practical book, but it's a book that reveals God's wisdom, and in fact, it reveals God himself, his character and nature fleshed out in the details of our lives. I hope that's ultimately what you want. You know, I, I, I don't blame any of us for saying we could also just use some wisdom that helps our life to function better because we're desperate for it because we're at a young family stage of life. And Proverbs gives us that. It gives us help for living our life in the way God intends, which is good. But it needs to flow and it needs to end with the knowledge of God, the love of Him. Well, for our study of Proverbs this year, in Foundations, as I mentioned, we're gonna take some different themes and unpack them together over a couple weeks and, and have time to discuss those, and I, I hope that's a blessing uh, for you. We will not cover every topic or every theme that would be helpful or every verse, but we wanna uh, be faithful to, to unpack those things as best we can. I would encourage you personally to, to commit to say, I wanna spend some of this next year digging into the wisdom of Proverbs. One of the best ways uh, I think to, to do that is there are about 31 days in most months and there are 31 chapters in Proverbs. If you would say, maybe in addition to what else you're doing for Bible reading or those things, but if you would say, you know what, sometime on most days, I'm gonna open the book of Proverbs to whatever chapter today is, today is the 11th, so open to Proverbs 11 and read Proverbs chapter 11. And if you don't do it tomorrow, don't worry about catching up. Just commit to say, you know, most days I'm gonna open my Bible to the book of Proverbs and I'm gonna find the chapter that goes with today and I'm gonna read it and I'm gonna begin to fill my mind with God's wisdom on these things. And maybe I'll look at, at it for the theme that we're talking about in Foundations and see where that shows up in different chapters of Proverbs or things that I'm dealing with that I need God's wisdom for. 
Fill your mind with God's wisdom. And, and with your family, I'd encourage you maybe to think about picking a verse. Maybe every time we meet, whatever the theme is that we're thinking about, that you would pick one verse that stands out to you that's, that you're gonna commit to say, I want that to be in my mind. I'm gonna work to keep that in front of my family for the next couple of weeks. Maybe this week, it's a verse like the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Or maybe it's Proverbs 9, verse 10, that verse we referred to earlier, that says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. Pick something that you take and you walk away from and you dwell on and then do that for the rest of your life so that we continue to grow in the wisdom of God. From this book, from all of scripture, as we gaze at Christ, we need wisdom for our life and for our families, and we're excited to do that together this year. Let me pray for us, then we'll, we'll be dismissed. Father, thank you. Thank you for the time that we can spend together this year considering your word. We're so grateful that you give us wisdom that when we seek it diligently and humbly, that you offer us the wisdom that is found in you. And Lord, we discover the fear of the Lord and, and the knowledge of you. And I pray that would be true of each of us, that we grow in those things. Lord, we know that one study over one year is not gonna make us wise, but we pray it would be fruitful to that end and that it would establish some patterns in our own thinking and in our own responses and in our family that would put us on the path towards living each day with your wisdom. We thank you and we look forward to our time together, to the relationships that we can build and develop and uh, we just love you and entrust our time to you in Christ's name, amen.